zombie fires, the majority of wildfires uh, in our part of the world, they're typically traced back to just a couple of sources. We've got lightning and we've got human involvement. And and thanks to our seasons that we have around here, winter is usually enough to put them out once and for all, but not always. And researchers are doing a lot of work right now around something they're calling zombie fires in the northern part of the world and how they can be managed. Dr. Merit Turetsky is uh, the director of Arctic and Alpine Research at the University of Colorado, who focuses on Northern Canadian fires, and she joins us now. Uh, Dr. Turetsky, thank you so much for taking some time with us this morning. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for having me on. Good morning to everyone. I know zombie fires is a pretty cool name. Uh, Give us some idea exactly. What are we talking about? What is a zombie fire? A zombie fire. It is this spooky phenomenon. You know, we've actually known about zombie fires for decades, but we've been really limited in our understanding of what they are. So a zombie fire is a fire that, you know, it it burns in a, a fire season in the summer, maybe into the early fall. And then when winter hits, it actually goes underground. So it smolders in peat-rich soil. Canada has a lot of peat blanketing both peatlands and in forests. And those peat-rich layers can actually hold smoldering fires right underneath the snowpack, right through the winter. And then when spring hits, those fires can sometimes reemerge to the surface as a zombie fire. So it's a previous fire coming back to haunt burning in the next fire season. We also call these carryover fires or overwintering fires. And it's not new. This is something that's gone on, well, basically forever, right? We've known this as a phenomenon that's existed for some time. That's right. There's been much discussion in the fire community for decades about overwintering or zombie fires, but they're remote. They're hard to track. They're really hard to monitor. We've had northern community members send us photos of smoke diffusing through snowpacks. So we've known that these happen, but only based on anecdotal information. So a new study published this week developed a way to track and monitor zombie fires using satellite data, using remote sensing. So now we have a new method for actually being able to monitor these conditions across Canada. So moving forward with a changing climate, with more warming, uh, affecting fire regimes across Canada, we will have the ability scientifically to track and monitor these conditions. Okay, now how do you how do you track it? Like, if they're burning underground, like you say you saw smoke in some instances and things like that, anecdotal reporting, um, using a satellite, if you can't see it, how, how do you know it's there? How do you actually track this and monitor it? Yeah, and this is why it was so difficult for us to do this so. <laughs> uh, for decades. Um, so this team of researchers was able to put algorithms. So if you know a fire burned in that location in the summer or fall, and then you can detect that, uh, you know, that same location experiencing burning the subsequent spring, then we can attribute that spring ignition to a zombie fire condition. So it really takes that time series of remote sensing to piece this all together. Um, this work shows 
that these zombie fires happen in peat-rich areas. It is triggered by more severe burning. And these are exactly the kinds of conditions that we're worried about into the future because climate is changing in here in Canada and around the rest of the boreal biome. We know that's affecting our, our burning and our fire regimes. And so we're going to keep our eyes on zombie fires because this actually could increase into the future or so this new research suggests. Um, first of all, how, how do they reignite? If they're burning underground, do they always reignite or are there some that just continue to smolder for years and years and years or do they always come back to the surface and create a new wildfire? Yeah, so that's, that I think we're still needing uh, to learn. So we know there's a lot of smoldering. You know, so smoldering is fascinating. You know, when people think about wildfires in Canada, they think about flames leaping up into the tree canopy. We certainly do have a lot of canopy fires here in Canada. But smoldering actually dominates most fires in the boreal biome. And it is flameless burning, it's slow consumption of fuels. It's the kind of burning that happens when you try to light a campfire with really wet fuels. It just kind of pitters away. It actually produces a lot of carbon monoxide, very inefficient burning. This is the stuff of zombie fires. (laughs) There's probably quite a number of zombie fires that just gets put out, you know, through uh, the spring. But when they do emerge, then they can start to trigger uh, additional flaming fires. And that's the interaction that we still need to learn about. Okay, so let's say we know there's a zombie fire there. We found it through our new tracking system, and we see this zombie fire, and we know that it has the potential to cause a problem. Is there anything we can do about it, or do we just have to wait and monitor it, or can we go and attack a zombie fire? I think we could. It is extremely laborious, however, to go attack a zombie fire. (laughs) It would really require physical presence of firefighters tamping that area down. So we know it's laborious. We want to get to the point where we only expend that labor where we think there's a threat of a zombie fire actually spreading the following spring. I don't think we're there yet in terms of the science, but that would be the future goal. Right now, we're just, we want to sit back and monitor this. Um, We do know, based on this new research, that zombie fires, while eerie and mystical and cool, are very rare. So I don't think this is a big cause for concern right now, but we, the good news is we now have the tools where we can be, you know, keeping our eye on this condition, and if it does start to become more of a problem, yeah. maybe we can create some fire attack modes that would tamp that problem down. Now, now, Doc, you say they're very rare, but as we're chatting, I'm getting text messages from our listeners, and one is telling me about a fire that uh, has been burning east of Sherwood Park for 20 years. There's another listener saying there's one burning in Manitoba that's been burning for years. So just, you know, you, you're, you're tracking these and you're monitoring them. How, how many are actually burning in Alberta right now? Do you have any way of knowing Well, so right now, I don't know that we have strong evidence for zombie fires in Alberta, though I have to admit we're we're not really, our eyes right now are actually on the Russian Arctic, where we know zombie fires are influencing fire dynamics on the ground today, and this is burning in some of the world's most sensitive permafrost, so that is uh, diverting some attention, but of course, fires uh, in Western Canada right now um, are something that the, the community is monitoring. 
I do want to caution, though, because readers are, are, you know, your audience is, is messaging you about year, you know, years of burning. Yeah, yeah. That's probably not the same kind of fire condition as what we're talking about today. Okay. Fires that are burning for years and decades are actually probably more coal fires, whole different phenomenon, really, really important and interesting. Peat fires and these zombie fires are more ephemeral. They're more year-to-year burning. If it okay. goes on for longer than that, I think we're in a whole new ballgame. Something else is going on. That's not just the typical yeah. zombie peat fire. Gotcha. You know, peat, peat is, is baby coal, young coal. So these certainly are linked to yep. one another. But this new research is really dealing with fires that happened just from one year to the next. And what is it about peat? Does it just have lots of fuel? I mean, we've always been told you need you need a flame, you need oxygen, and you need fuel. I imagine there's not a lot of oxygen underground. So why do they man- why does it manage to burn so well through this peat? Yeah, so your recipe is for efficient burning, right? This yeah. more flame combustion. Smoldering is this entirely different set of physical processes that leads to burning of fuels, and it can happen under very wet fuel conditions like in these peat layers. So peat is fuel. It's very organic, rich soil. It just happens to be pretty wet, pretty cold, so it's not going to support efficient burning, but it can support smoldering, and that's really the only reason why we see smoldering really persisting in these systems. The snow can actually protect smoldering underground. So it'll be really interesting in the future as we start to see more precipitation in the winter come down as rain. That might actually spell some relief for zombie fires Mm. because the snow can actually protect that smoldering by keeping the ground warm through the winter. So really interesting dynamics to keep our eyes out. And um, we, we certainly will continue to research and monitor this um, because fire is so critical yeah. for the fate of the Canadian boreal forest. Amazing information. Thank you, Doc. I really appreciate your time today. Absolutely. Anytime. Thank you very much. That is Dr. Merritt Turetsky, who is the director of the Institute of Arctic and Alpine Research at the University of Colorado Boulder.